0: M&K Talk YA now presents A Darker Shade of Magic, Part 1 of the Shades of Magic Trilogy by V.E. Schwab.
1: Welcome back to M&K Talk YA. I'm Katie Bradford. And I'm Marissa Snyder. And this is our podcast where we talk about young adult fiction. Yep. Yeah. And this week we are starting a brand new series. It is called A Darker
0: Shade of Magic. Is that actually the name of the whole series or just the first book? I should have checked
1: that. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> that's the name of the first book. I wonder if there's a name for the trilogy because it's a trilogy yeah. and it's by V.E. Schwab let me see I think I'm curious I think I
0: read it's well actually I don't know the first one is called A Darker Shine of Magic like you said there's three of them and we read up to chapter nine of the first book this week or not chapter nine part nine each part had like two to five chapters in it I guess
1: yeah and it's um uh, Festival and Fire is the name of the whole thing oh okay so it's called Shades of Magic okay that makes sense good to know (laughs) it's about time we figured that out (laughs) It's about time we got the name right of one of the series we read. (laughs) Uh, So, how are you liking it so far?
0: I like it a lot. I think it's really different than a lot of the stuff we've read, um, which is kind of fun.
1: Yeah, I think it is too. Um, I like that that magic is kind of at the center of it, and I like the way they kind of treat magic. Like, there's a really strict set of rules that it follows, and they kind of... Street magic, like, it's a living thing that they interact with.
0: Yeah, and I also like how one of the dimensions is, like, real life. So it feels can like it. the, you know, the other versions of London aren't obviously our world. So it's cool to, like, see that world building there. But one of the dimensions is essentially London that we
1: know. Right. Like the, yeah, like um, the real London in our world. <laughs> that one, yep. Yeah. That one. I know that one. I've been there.
0: Except that one has Harry Potter, so magic does exist, I guess. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I guess so.
1: (laughs) At least to us, it does. Um, Yeah, I was reading a little bit about um, V.E. Schwab, or Victoria Schwab is the name that she uses when she writes some of her other books, and... I actually felt a lot better because I remember we were very nervous to read this series because it's not technically written under her young adult pen name. It's written under her adult pen name. Mm -hmm. But I was listening to an interview and she, and they asked her, like, do you get upset when people call this series YA? And she was like, honestly, I don't care what you call it as long as you're reading it. (laughs) That's a fair point. (laughs) And and I was like, thank you. I really appreciate that. So I feel like we have her blessing.
0: (laughs) I also, I don't feel like it's, Too adult or anything, right?
1: At least so far. You know how like some books like
0: are solid. Like I don't feel like anything in it seems too adult for a young adult book,
1: yet. Agreed, and there's young adults in it. Yeah, most of the characters are all you know under the age of twenty-two.
0: Yeah. So guess what I did this time? What I actually read the dedication. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) that is great. Why don't you tell me about it? it? It it says for the ones who dream of stranger worlds.
1: Oh, that's us.
0: Yeah, I really liked it. And then I also liked, um, there was a quote at the beginning too, before part one, that said, Such is the quandary when it comes to magic, that it is not an issue of strength, but of balance. For too little power and we become weak. Too much and we become something else entirely. And I just, I loved both of those things before I even started getting, kind of putting me in the right frame of mind for this book,
1: I thought. Yeah, it sets the world up really, really nicely. And I like how, um... Like when she says, for those who dream of stranger worlds, that is interesting because in her interview she said that one of the things she was most interested in exploring in this book and something she thinks about a lot is the proximity of the strange to normal. So she really likes the idea of doors and portals and she said she always wants to believe that the world is strange and so the idea of like something that's very normal, so like our London or the grey London being right next to something kind of spectacular and ma- and magical is like, is very exciting to her. Yeah, but I think it is to most of us. Yeah.
0: I also I like how different the Londons are. It's not just the way magic works there, although that's obviously a big piece of it. But even I, I think it's so cool that they all have this city called London, and like mm-hmm. some version of a river kind of thing that runs through it. But you know, which is
1: like the source of magic. Yeah.
0: But Grey London, which is what the, like, Our World London is called, feel you know, feels real. And then mm-hmm. Red London, she said she actually drew inspiration from Eastern Europe. Oh, okay. And White London, she said, was inspired by the harsh climate in Scandinavia. Oh. So I think that that's kind of cool, too, to think about the different parts of Our World that she used to influence these same but different Londons.
1: Agreed. I wonder what Black London was inspired
0: by. Yeah, I wonder when we're going to see it, because... It seems like that's where this journey is headed since they're trying to destroy this black rock from <laughs> black London.
1: <laughs> black magic rock.
0: Does it have another, does it have a name? I can't remember now. It didn't have, they weren't, they weren't calling it anything, right?
1: <laughs> well, they were no. I mean, they were saying it has the name um, of magic written on it. That's true, right? yeah. So Vitari, I guess, is the name of magic, pure magic. Yep. And it's on this stone um yeah no that's the other thing like I like how the Antari have to use specific words to travel between worlds and I love the idea that like only one type of magician can pass between these four parallel Londons um and I love that there it's so it's such a rare thing to be an Antari that there's only two of them
0: yeah two left it sounds like it's getting more and more rare well it also sounds like they like purged a bunch of Antares at some point when they were all freaking out about black london right because of their black eyes
1: oh oh my gosh their eyes are so (laughs) it reminded me this is actually kind of funny so this weekend i accidentally tore one of my earrings out oh no i know it was it was it was ugly
0: that's like one of my biggest fears actually
1: oh it was terrible i was like pulling laundry out of the laundry basket and I like reached in and like yanked it out and I hit my earring and I ripped my earring out and so I had to find a place to like have them look at it Uh and so I had to go to like a tattoo parlor like a piercing parlor so I went to a tattoo parlor in here in Chicago and while I'm waiting to be seen there was a guy who was asking for an eyeball tattoo I've heard about that actually (sighs) And I was just, first I was just completely horrified.
0: Yeah, well, I obviously couldn't do
1: that. (laughs) No, no. And the guy was like trying to talk him out of it because he was like, you know, there was a girl who just had this done and she lost her eye. But I was looking it up and I guess like what they do is they inject ink into your eye and they dye the whites of your eye a certain color. And the pictures they had, some of them had one completely black eye like Kells. Oh my goodness. And it was such a coincidence that I was like reading this book at the same time that happens. And I was like, oh my gosh, people are getting Antari eyeball tattoos and they don't even know that <laughs> like, it really they don't makes even sense. mean
0: to. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's actually kind of crazy. But why don't they just get those? You know how you can get contacts that like change the color you of your eyes?
1: <laughs> like white out your eyes. Yeah,
0: which also freaked me <laughs> out. I've always wanted to do that for like Halloween or something get like creepy eye contacts. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think that would be a much less painful solution, probably less expensive too, not to mention less permanent.
0: (laughs) So I will never actually be a pilot, like that's not my actual life ambition, but I really want to get my pilot's license one day, and I was in... Africa on the border of Zimbabwe and Zambia and one of my friends was like we should go bungee jumping here because it's like one of the seven natural wonders of the world but for some reason I got really concerned about the fact that occasionally like very rarely if you bungee jump your retina will detach and you won't be able to get your pilot's license this is like (laughs) the chain (laughs) that my (laughs) mind went down but I got over it and I did bungee jump and I
1: and you didn't detach your retina and
0: I actually I've I've flown a plane once since then so
1: that's just funny that you were like no I can't go bungee jumping because sometime it's like I know 20 years in the future I might want to be a pilot it literally
0: was 10 years ago so yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> well first I thought you were gonna say I I'm never going to be a pirate <laughs> you're gonna say pirate instead of pilot okay <laughs> and I was like let's not rule anything out Katie <laughs> I think I would also love to be a pirate. <laughs> Well, we have a girl in this book who is dreaming about being a pirate.
0: Yeah. Okay. Also, so um, I read a couple of interviews with, uh, are, we still, are we calling her V.E. Schwab while we talk about her since so yes. that was her author name on this one? Um, yes. And she was asked Would you rather be a thief? a pirate, a royal, or an Antari. Mm. And she actually was talking about how she hates water. And, oh. like, even though boats show up in a lot of her books and she writes about the ocean a lot, she, like, really doesn't like it. So she, I guess she loves swimming, she loves contained water, but she gets, like, really seasick and all this stuff. So even though she, like, is very attracted to the idea of pirate in some ways, she could never be one. But she said she'd be a thief, which is kind of like <laughs> a pirate on land. <laughs>
1: Oh, my gosh. Well, I think you would like her then, because when I was reading about, like, Lila doing all this sleight of hand and and picking pockets and and wanting to be a pirate, I was like, oh, my God, Katie is going to love this girl.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I actually
1: looked up female pirates a little bit as part of my research.
0: Oh.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God, that's awesome. Do you want to go into that now? Um, sure.
0: Okay, so the, like, really famous female pirate that I looked up was this lady named Madame Cheng. And Mm -hmm. she was from like 1805. That's when she ruled the seas. seas. Um, So her husband was named Cheng Yi. And he was one of the greatest Chinese pirates ever back in the 19th century. And at one point, um, he, I guess, like he, someone else sent 40 warships to try to take him down. And he sank all of the ships, except 28 of them, which he kept. Um, and after the battle, he decided that he was ready to take a wife. So there were 20 female slaves who were brought to him um, that he could choose from, I guess. Oh, boy. And he decided this one, Shi Yang, uh, who was supposedly very beautiful, but she also, her feet hadn't been bound, which was, you know, kind of tradition. mm mm-hmm. um, So she was, I guess, she had grown larger than most of the other women there. So he picked her and untied her. And the first thing she did was she clawed at his face and almost blinded him.
1: (laughs) Nice. Good job, lady.
0: But he decided he should persuade her to marry him. So he gave her a bunch of stuff like jewels and clothes and slaves and whatnot um, and promised her a really nice life if she was his wife. Um, but she said, I will agree to marry you, but I want half of your property and joint command of this pirate fleet. So,
1: what a smart lady. I
0: know. So he agreed and they were married (laughs) and they also adopted a boy. Um, so she took control of two of his squadrons, which was a third of his fleet. And she kind of, she learned how to command the sea. And I guess she was like so talented at it that even her husband was afraid of her.
1: Yes! Oh, I love this story.
0: (laughs) But then her husband was killed during a typhoon in 1807, and after his death, she told all the captains that she was going to command the entire fleet all by herself, and no one disagreed. So after that, um, you know, she was in charge, but then she had an affair with her adopted son. What? Yeah, so...
1: Oh, you just lost major points, lady. Yeah.
0: Um so they got married and so they still the family owned
1: the whole armada. Oh my gosh, that's so bizarre. I hope he was like maybe 18 when she adopted him and she was like 25.
0: He was 15 when they adopted him, but that was like 180 oh, that was before 1807. So he was he was definitely like oh probably 20 by the time they got married. I don't know how old she Still, was. Still, you know.
1: like, to have, mm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know.
0: It's not necessarily the best advice, but I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, it, like, but, the, so this already very successful pirate fleet became even more prosperous as she was in charge of it, um, and she was, like, really, really organized about it, but one of her regulations was that if you use violence against a woman or wed her without permission, then you'll be punished by death. So wow. she also kind of stood up for some women's rights. Yeah, fought for women's rights. Yep. Um. So yeah, she did some other cool stuff too, but that was kind of the the main thing. That's
1: so interesting. It's so it's like nice to know that there was a a woman pi- pirate out there who like men had no trouble serving under. Yeah. Because like back then, you'd think that would be kind of a point of contention for some. Yep. Male pirates, I'm assuming.
0: Yep. Well, yeah, because aren't there, like, stereotypes about women at sea being bad luck and stuff?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Sure. So that's really, really cool that she was able to do that. Well, and she
0: actually, so her pirate fleet was stronger than the entire Chinese military. And at one point, the emperor of China, like, needed her help. So he granted amnesty to all pirates. And she, like, negotiated pardons for herself and for all the captains in her group. So she actually, at one point, like, her pirate fleet was considered part of the imperial fleet and she got a palace and like a huge fortune and all this stuff so
1: she really played her cards in order
0: to retire yeah
1: (laughs) did she have a cool pirate name
0: uh I didn't like the dread pirate I didn't see a cool pirate name but I didn't specifically look for one either
1: (laughs) oh that's such a cool story I think Lila would really really like her I think she would too I
0: bet she read about her because it sounds like the only books that Lila reads are about pirates
1: (laughs) that's true and she may exist in Grey London yep yep very cool well, I'm trying to think of the other characters in this book cuz we have some really good ones. I really like I really like learning about like the different rulers of each kingdom yeah. too. So like, oh my gosh, White London seems just like such a terrifying place and I love that it's ruled by two evil twins. I love that yeah, I
0: love that they're twins and I'm curious to see but I can't imagine like do they care for each other? Do they need each other? Like, is are they going to turn against each other at some point?
1: I don't know. I keep waiting for it to be like a Cersei and Jaime kind of thing where like, I don't know, they're like secretly in love or something strange like that. I
0: thought that um, when uh, Athos, is that the guy's name?
1: Mm-hmm, Athos and Astrid. When,
0: well, first Kel was with Astrid and then Athos like came in. I thought that there was going to be mm-hmm. some weird power play, but it didn't feel like they were hit it against each other necessarily, but I was expecting the two of them to like kind of be competing for who's really top dog.
1: Yeah, no, it seems like they are just being happy, being sadistic together. Yeah. And it's so interesting to see how, um, like Kel serves red London and Holland, the other Antari serves white London. And it's so interesting to see their, their par- like where they're parallel and where they're different. Yep. Cause like Kel is raised, was raised as a prince, whereas Holland is their slave.
0: Yeah, and even though – it's also, like, Kel's whole prince relationship – it's kind of interesting. Like, yes, he's revered, but he's – they actually, like, welcomed welcomed him into the family. expect him to call them mother and father and and whatnot, but he still doesn't feel like part of the family, even though he's been there since he was five.
1: Yeah, and that's, like – I feel like there's something sinister almost going on there, too, because – he has that – so they said, like, one of the rules of magic is that you're not – in Red London, you're not allowed to use ma- magic to bind a person or to, like, change their change their mind or make them do things they don't want to do. Mm-hmm. And Kel has that mark on his elbow that's the memory rune. Yep. So somebody wiped his memory, and he has no idea of who he was before he came to the palace – And he thinks the king and queen sanctioned it. And that was like, ooh, what is going on there? Yeah. And why would they need to erase his memory? Like, what, like, it's one,
0: like, you could still, like, let the kid have his memories up through age five unless something, I feel like, you know, something really big or really terrible or really, you know, something happened.
1: Yeah. And they refused to tell him, like, he said he asked about his past and the king and queen kind of refused to tell him. So that's not a great way to set up a relationship with someone.
0: Yeah, but. But, but I still I don't get if he's been there since because even in this story so he's like what twenty nineteen twenty something like that um mm-hmm. he like accidentally called his mom the queen or like had to remind himself to call her mother I was like it's been fifteen years you've been there since you were five and you still like have to think about it. So obviously, even though he is part of the family, he definitely doesn't quite feel like he's part of the family.
1: For sure. And I mean, it seems like they keep him on kind of a short leash because he said he hasn't really been anywhere besides these parallel Londons. And I think it was near the end when he was like... He was talking about how um, he he collects these objects from other worlds, even though that's not allowed. And he was like, as an Antari, he's the most valuable magician. And so he kind of feels like another trinket. Like he's a tool that they're using mm-hmm. rather than a son. Yeah. Although it does... Even though he... Sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead.
0: I said, although it does kind of feel like his relationship with
1: Rai... <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Feels,
0: like, brotherly. Like, actually brotherly, doesn't it? Yeah.
1: It really does. Because, I mean, I think there's... Rai even tells him, like, right at the beginning, he's like, you know, I would do anything for you. Like, you're my brother. You're my best friend. Yeah. And it seems like that is genuine.
0: Yeah. It was kind of interesting to see that reveal, though. Because he was kind of referencing Rai at the beginning, and I didn't know who it was. If it was another Antari, or if it was, you mm-hmm. know, a friend, or if it was someone he worked... Like, I. you know, it was kind of hard to identify yeah. the relationship. And he
1: gets really... And Rai gets really mad whenever Cal has that moment where he says, like, I feel more like a possession than a prince, and he, like, punches him in the face for saying it. Yeah, which I guess is a brotherly thing to do, too, right? Totally. Oh, my gosh.
0: Obviously, neither one of us have brothers, so what do we know? <laughs> but... <laughs>
1: I feel like that could be a sisterly thing, yeah, too, depending it's sim- on your It's a sibling sister. thing. Yeah, so I hope we find out, like, who he was before he came to the palace and who his parents were and what the deal was there. Yeah.
0: Also, speaking of other rulers, so we've kind of talked about White London and Red London, but our first, the first rulers we met were in Grey London. Oh, yes. The Mad King George. Yeah, I'm curious if he's actually as mad as he seems or if he'll, like, random, like, his craziness will actually be, like, somehow revealed, I don't know, like,
1: a good thing or something. (laughs) Yeah. He seems like kind of endearing right now. You know how he's like convinced that his ma- the magic coins are losing their magic. Yeah. And they're they're just tokens and I don't know. He seems kind of harmless right now. But I, I did want to do some research about the actual King George and like why he's called the Mad King and I was gonna say that for next week though. That's fair, that's fine. We'll hear more then. <laughs> Stay tuned for the <laughs> Come Back. Of King again. George. <laughs> Um, yeah, but I hope we do see more of the rulers. I think the Dane twins right now are really fantastic villains. Like, I mean, you really hate them. Yeah.
0: And I'm scared of them.
1: Yeah. I mean, the way they treat Holland, like, is just horrible. And the fact that they've, like, bound him now and used this magic to make him do whatever they want to do is terrifying. Yeah.
0: And especially, like, having heard before about how he was, like, it sounds like he was really good, really clever, you know, all this other stuff. So if he was manipulated that far, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit worried for Kel, even. Because what would, if Kel was delivering a message to Athos and Astrid, like, and they decided they wanted to keep him or bind him or do whatever, like, <laughs> how, like, they could. How would they get him back? Yeah,
1: they absolutely... I mean... Because no one
0: else can even come back to the other dimension and, like, declare war. You know what I mean? Like, I don't...
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, once you've sealed off the world like they did, and Antari are the only ones who can get through, I I don't see how... I don't see what's stopping them when Astrid was like, I really want to keep you. Yeah. (laughs) Like, as as a pet or a toy.
0: Yeah, he has, like, no real protection, right?
1: No, yeah, because... Even if they were to like go to war against Red London, how would they get there? <laughs> I don't know. And it's interesting to see like the effect that magic has had on the four Londons. Like Red flourished, and White like in, in I guess in Red London, London uh, magic's treated as an equal, whereas in White London, it's something to be dominated. Mm-hmm. And I like how they said that the magic kind of was receding because of that, and so everything in White London is just like leached of all color. And people are, like, clinging desperately to whatever magic's left. Yeah,
0: it does paint a very uh, different visual picture.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and then just how they treat magic and how every person relates to it is so interesting. I also,
0: I love how, like, the blood colors or whatever. Like, weren't they saying if you are abusing magic too much, your blood turns dark?
1: Oh, yeah, because Astrid and Athos have those, like, black veins in their hands. Yeah,
0: I think that's kind of cool, too, in that, you know, every time kill, because he, he has uses his blood a lot to go between the worlds and whatnot, Um, but mm-hmm. his blood stays, like, pure red right now, but I wonder if yeah. his interacting with the black magic will change anything there.
1: Yeah, it kind of, the black, the black stone kind of reminds me a little bit of the ring from Lord of the Rings, where, like, he's super drawn to it, and it's really hard for him to let it go, but then, like, when he does, he feels super drained. Yeah,
0: yeah, but, yeah, the the feeling,
1: like, he needs to hold it or
0: touch it or use it, Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm so curious where that's going to go.
0: So who do you think is... Well, I, I guess... Okay, so someone in white London had this black stone and decided to send it to red London, but there was an mm-hmm. ambush there. So who... Like, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out who knew what when. Like, did Holland only come <laughs> after Kel after he used the black magic and it somehow... Or Blackstone and somehow knew that that happened? Or do we think... Because obviously if... Athos and Astrid had known about it, Holland would have already gotten his hands on it, I'm sure. I'm like I'm like, yeah, kind of confused feel, by who knows what right now.
1: <laughs> I don't think we fully yeah. know. I think the the woman who gave Cal the stone wanted it out of White London because I think she was afraid of what the twins would do if they got their hands mm-hmm. on it. And then I think, I don't know how Holland found out about it, but I think one, maybe once it left White London and went to Red London because he takes it to that inn, I think maybe, I'm thinking maybe the twins sent Holland after it and in the final scene that we read where he, um, like, basically bleeds out Kel to try and take the stone back, I was I was curious to know if he was following the twins' orders or if he was trying to resist it. Yeah, that's a good point, too.
0: And so I guess the two guys who were, com- like, because there were two people in Red London who attacked him initially, right? Mm-hmm. So
1: they yeah, were bound, they which
0: seems like White London-type magic. But no one in White London can get to Red London except for Holland. So does that mean someone in Red London bound them? Or somehow they got back and forth through the gates? Or Holland somehow, that was Holland's, I
1: don't know. Yeah. Or maybe the magic of the stone was released in Red London. And maybe that did something. Because remember when Lila uses the stone to conjure the sword and then she throws it away. And then this this random guy picks up the sword and it possesses him and he stabs himself with it. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. But yeah. Yeah, I feel like there's magic in the stone that is like trying. It's like somehow yeah, possessing yeah. people and like seeping into the world. That's fair. That's my guess.
0: Yeah, and that kind of sounds like what happened in Black London, right? That the magic started like taking over the people part.
1: Yes, and it consumed yeah. them until everything was like ash.
0: Or that's what we oh. think happened. At least no one's been there,
1: so that's the story. The legend. <laughs> I also I thought it was really interesting. I think it was.
0: Uh, Lila, who asked Kel about it, she was like, no one, no Antari has tried to go back to see what it looks like. She was like, I would 100% have tried to go back. (laughs) I was like, that's a really good point. I I feel like someone would have asked and tried to go there. It's an excellent question.
1: Especially since Kel is not, I mean, Kel is not following orders blindly. Like, he's bringing artifacts back and forth, which is treason. Mm -hmm. So it's not like he has qualms about breaking the rules of his country. So I was curious, I was confused too why he didn't, I mean, just like Astravar's real fast through the door, like take a look around. I guess, and well, then come part back. of what I'm
0: thinking is because it does sound like he had training and that he worked really, you know, like even the fact that he's like teaching Rai about it, like, or teaching Rai about magic, like, like it probably wasn't something he could just naturally do, even though he is on Atari. he probably like learned a lot about magic in order to get to the level where he could go between worlds, and maybe with everything he learned about magic, he understood the threat of black
1: London a different you know yeah that's kind of the
0: only thought I it. have but
1: and also like he was raised thinking it was like his it's his childhood nightmare really yeah it's like the story they tell to scare children so I guess I wouldn't mess with it either <laughs> yeah and I guess like
0: if your life is has enough going on like maybe if you were really really bored then you'd go check it out but it sounds like he's like pretty busy going between different worlds ha- you know like has stuff mm-hmm. happening already so Unlike Lila, he, he didn't like, he wasn't like looking for a different life necessarily, even though he wasn't exactly happy.
1: Right. Well, yeah. I mean, and part of me thinks that he might, he might be just because I think part of the reason he collects these objects, even though it's against the law is him like trying to get some kind of sense of control back Mm -hmm. where he, he feels, you know, very much like he is bound by duty to his throne and this way of, of kind of. Committing treason is his way of just kind of rebelling against that a little bit. Yeah, that's
0: fair. I guess I spoke I misspoke. i he might want a different life, but I don't feel like Lila is like drawn to I want an adventure, I want to go like find yeah, risk. I don't danger. think he like I think if she had Ontario Magic, she would a hundred percent have thought to go to Black London and see what's going on. <laughs> Whereas I don't feel like he's looking for that the same way she is. He might be looking yeah, for he's looking true. for some other kind of peace or identity or freedom, but not necessarily trouble.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. She really goes looking for trouble. (laughs) And it seems like she's
0: finding it, so...
1: Oh, yeah. She's not having any trouble in that department. (laughs) So I was looking at... I was really fascinated by the idea of parallel worlds. Yes. And I just finished Stranger Things. I haven't watched season two yet. Oh, okay. I won't say anything, (laughs) but... When the author was talking about how she liked the um, idea of strange and normal being very close to each other, I I mean, I immediately thought of the upside Mm -hmm. down. And uh, it was kind of cool to be, like, reading this while I was finishing up Stranger Things because the idea of, like, a parallel world is so strong in both both of those stories. So I did some research on parallel universes. Tell me more. I actually... I, I, like, was going to, and then I
0: had a feeling that you would, so I tried to pick something different.
1: Oh, that's so nice of you. Because
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was really nervous. I was like, I need to pick something that we can't have two weeks in a row where we research where we the same thing. have the thing. same yeah. research.
1: <laughs> okay, so I was on mysteriousuniverse.org, and I was just reading about stories of people who believe they've crossed into parallel universes. Ooh, Yeah, so Uh. I mean, these are just stories keep in mind, but some of them were super interesting. And I don't know, have you ever listened to the radio show Coast to Coast AM? I have not. With George Norrie? Okay, it's this radio show that Chad and I found because we drive back and forth from Chicago to Pittsburgh a lot. And we used to do this thing where we would wake up at like, you know, 1am and we'd drive all the way through the night Mm -hmm. and around like 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning, we started catching this radio show that was called Coast to Coast AM. <laughs> and it is all about like paranormal experiences, the supernatural, conspiracy theories, and it's just the best show ever. I was going to say, that's
0: right up your alley. I think if it was 4 a.m. and I was driving across the country, that's the last thing I would want to hear.
1: <laughs> I know. So that uh, um, kind of reminded me of this research of parallel universes. I If, if anyone hasn't listen to coast to coast sam i highly recommend it um okay so this one guy he wrote about his experience where he thinks he fell into a parallel dimension because he was driving one night with his dog and he decided that he wanted to stop at mcdonald's and he said he felt like he like passed through a wave of static electricity and all of a sudden his dog was freaking out and her fur was sticking up and her tail was between her legs and his car stalled. And then he got it started up again and then he continued driving and he noticed that the street lamps looked different from how they were. And when he got to the McDonald's, he noticed that the parking lot was filled with cars with um, that had logos that he'd never seen before and he, he didn't recognize any of the car models. And so then he went into the McDonald's And he said the items on the menu were a lot more expensive (laughs) than they should have been. And he went to try and pay with a credit card and they said they wouldn't accept it. But then they gave him a device that looks like, you know, one of those like blood pressure monitor things that you put on your finger Uh in a hospital. And that's apparently how he was supposed to pay. (laughs) And he was like, no, thank you. And so he tried to give them cash. And then I guess the person... Looked at the bill for a long time then finally accepted it and they just gave him back a piece of paper listing the balance instead of any change and he was and they were like i'm sorry we can only give cash vouchers and then as he was leaving he said he felt the same wave of electricity pass over him and then the next time he went the regular mcdonald's was there that is so creepy so of course my question was did he did he eat the food i know i was actually gonna ask what did he order (laughs) I have no idea. They didn't say that, but I mean, it'd be hard to pass up a McFlurry personally, but I, I would be so nervous to eat it. I wouldn't food. eat it.
0: Every, I mean, <laughs> like, you know, I, I don't want to be like persephone would into an alternate dimension or something.
1: Oh, where you're trapped there. Yeah, you
0: don't eat food if you don't know what world it comes from. That's just my general rule.
1: <laughs> Even if it's a McFlurry, though? The Oreo kind?
0: <laughs> if it's a McFlurry from not our earth, I'm going to hesitate, but if it's the Oreo kind, I might be convinced.
1: Um, And then there was another story of a woman who claimed she got trapped in a parallel universe. So this was 2008... There was a woman named Lorena Garcia and she said she woke up and she noticed that there were some little details that were different like her her bed spread and sheets looked different and when she went to work she worked at this place for 20 years but when she went to work that day she was in a different department working under a stranger who she had never met before and then she said she went home and discovered she was still dating the man she broke up with six weeks earlier or six months earlier and her new boyfriend or in her yeah, and her boyfriend that she was dating was nowhere to be found and there was no trace of him. And she even hired a personal investigator and How long was she couldn't find in out in this
0: other alternative universe?
1: She never got back.
0: Oh, so she's we're her alternative universe.
1: <laughs> we're her old yeah. Oh my goodness. And she's claimed that she's just stuck there and like she has no idea how to get back in her in her, in her um, old universe. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I know, isn't that terrifying?
0: <laughs> that is, I'm going to have nightmares for sure tonight.
1: I know. And then the last one, this is interesting too. So in 1954, there was a man who flew into Tokyo. But when he went to get his passport stamped, it listed a country that no one had ever heard of before. And it was called Tared. And he said that it was between France and Spain. But when they gave him a map, he pointed to the principality of Andorra. And... Um, he said he had never heard of Andorra before, but this was where his country was. And he said he'd been traveling to Japan for the past five years on business. And he actually had a passport that was like covered in custom stamps. And he had a driver's license issued by the country of Tourette and a checkbook with checks from an unknown bank. And so they took him into a hotel and they, um, guarded it with some officials and in the morning he was gone oh my goodness the only exit was a window with no ledge that was 15 stories above a busy street oh my goodness
0: that is that crazy so crazy that's actually really cool but so crazy
1: i know it kind of just like wants to believe it so much i
0: know it makes me think about lila and how like easily she accepted a lot of what kel was saying you know how he was even talking about like some people you know can't like, she was pretty open to not like, mm-hmm. oh, whatever you say, but she was like, okay, there's alternate worlds and you are the only one who can walk through them. And then she's like, mad. she's like, obviously, you're not the only one who can walk through them because that guy <laughs> just showed up. But, um, like, I kind of wonder if I was in that situation, if I would react calmly and be like, uh, you know, if someone told you this story, yeah. would you be like, oh, I wonder how we get to the other dimension. Or would you be like, okay, you obviously had a weird dream or something. You know, like...
1: (laughs) Yeah, I feel like I'd want to go there so badly. I would really want it to be real. Mm -hmm. And I would believe it. Well, have you ever heard of the Mandela effect? Uh, No, I don't think so. So this is weird because I was thinking about this a lot when I was reading this book. And then two times this week, it came up when I was talking to people. Like I was at a party and someone brought it up and I was like, that's so weird. So the Mandela effect is like, a way that people try to prove that we're that um, parallel universes exist, and so the effect is like it's basically when a large number of people misremember a certain fact, or um, it's like a phenomenon when people when a lot of people have collective false memories. So it gets its name because a lot of people remember Nelson Mandela dying in jail in the eighties when he really died in like two thousand thirteen, I think it was. Hmm. And so they're trying to explain why so many people have this memory of him dying in the 80s when he didn't. And so they try, they're trying to say that um, it's an example that our reality has shifted. And so we're actually living in a different reality while keeping memories of our old one. And like another example is, um, did you read the Berenstain Bears growing up? Yeah. Okay, so how do you spell Berenstain? Oh, I can't spell anything. (laughs) Do you remember it spelled s t e i n yeah, okay, so it's actually spelled s t a i n huh, but don't you have this vivid memory of it being s t e i n yeah, yeah, and so many people do and it's gotten to the point where people have like written the publisher and been like, "Have you ever published this book?" Stein, and they're like, no, it has never been published that way. But everyone remembers that spelling, and that's the Mandela effect. And so they're saying, you know, back when the, those books were read, we were in a different reality, and in that universe, it was spelled Stein. But now that we're in this reality, and we've shifted, <laughs> it's Stein. So that means everyone,
0: everyone was in a different reality, and we've all yeah. come over here. We've all shifted so weird
1: isn't that mind-boggling and there's so many examples of the mandela effect there um the other one is um okay the monopoly man the guy like the yep, guy yep, in the monopoly yep, box yep does he have a monocle or not I, I
0: feel like he does but now i'm highly doubting myself <laughs> he doesn't
1: <laughs> but like everyone remembers him having a monocle that is he so doesn't have one weird this is i know this is really creepy like, <laughs> It's such a cool idea of, like, so many people misremembering the same thing and it pointing to parallel universes. Who knows? I mean, people develop memories for all sorts of reasons, but it's creepy to think about and it may- it reminds me of these books so much.
0: Yeah, but it also, like, I mean, it seems really creepy on the one hand, but on the other hand, it's like, well, if that's all it means to be in a parallel universe that, like, Bernstein Bears is now spelled differently, like, <laughs> yeah. like maybe it's not so scary.
1: I can handle that. Yeah. <laughs> That's all that's going to happen. <laughs> as long as I don't wake up in a new world with a different husband and like a different job and that I mean
0: I feel like you know you know how movies sometimes that happens like someone was living life wrong and then they wake up in there and like the life they should have <laughs> had and then they like yeah. re- you know have to find their way whatever Like, I wonder what I would do if that really happened to me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you'd probably go around telling people that you're from a different universe and they would think you were, you know, off your rocker. Or would I
0: think it's like, or would I, because it it even seems like some of these people, like they weren't freaking out about it. Like the guy at McDonald's sounds like he just like kept trying to order and eat his McFlurry (laughs) and like drive off and. I just want
1: a Big Mac.
0: And, like, when this lady went to work, like, she just went to the other department and... Or, like, what, was there, like, some kind of struggle? You know what I mean? Like it's That's just, a good
1: question. Because like, there's no way you would stay and keep working. You'd be like, listen, I need a personal day <laughs> to work some stuff out.
0: Or you'd be like, haha. Like, I mean, you'd at least be like, no, I still work in the cash department, not the AR department. Or whatever, you know. Like, yeah. I don't know. Or, <laughs> or do you think, like, this must be a dream? Or, like, I'm just gonna see where this goes? Or... You know, I think I'm supposed to learn a lesson and then I'll get returned to my real life. Like what happens?
1: <laughs> you know, Or is this an elaborate hoax that everyone's playing on me? I probably wouldn't think that because that just sounds like too much work to, what, what, to pull a what, prank of that scale. What
0: would you do if Chad woke up one day and was like, no, I just came from a different universe where like we d- we never got married. Like this is brand new to me or something. Like wouldn't you feel I'm weird as like her that. boyfriend if she was like, we broke up six months ago and I'm dating someone else. <laughs>
1: yeah I would I would think that I was going completely insane yeah because I think my like instinct would be to doubt myself and not the other person yeah I don't know what that says about me but oh my goodness oh crazy to think about yeah (laughs) now I'm freaking out a little bit are you gonna go look up Saint Bears (laughs) no
0: I don't want to even know I don't want to think about it anymore
1: (laughs) So, who's your favorite character so far besides Kel's coat? Oh yeah, I love his coat. I do love his coat. That's a good one.
0: Well, I'm actually kind of sad about Baron.
1: Oh, I know. Because I
0: really was liking him, Um, but I don't know. I mean, I like Kel and Lila are both like obviously I'm interested in them, but I think I like a lot of the side characters. Like I really was liking Baron. I really like Mm Rye, and I'm really interested in more of Holland's story as well.
1: Agreed. I'm. I really want to know more of these characters. I think I really like Rye. I think he's one of my favorite characters so far. And of course, Cal and the evil twins, naturally.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I hope that um, Rye like stays in it when they're on this adventure. I hope he somehow gets pulled into some stuff. I also am still kind of curious about that Ned guy from the beginning. Um, oh, the enthusiast? The enthusiast, not the collector. Yes. Um, <laughs> and like what he might have had and if that comes back around or if it was just kind of to help paint the scene in his role as you know a smuggler
1: yeah i'm curious too because i feel like now that this danger of the stone has been unleashed i feel like a lot more people are going to be roped into into it into solving it whether they like it or not yep and i think some people like baron are going to be casualties and i'm just interested like how they're going to band together to try and bring it back to black london Mm mm-hmm
0: yep Well, and you would think that, well, some people are going to want the stone. Like, you would think if he could tell his red family, just based on how they responded to Black London before, they would definitely want him to try to get rid of it somehow. Because they don't want any of that magic seeping into their world, the Black magic. Yeah. And they wouldn't want White London to get a hold of it. So you would think that, like, they would have to support him.
1: I would hope so, but I'm just nervous because... They always say transference is treason, and the whole reason he has that stone is because he was smuggling illegally. And so I feel like that's kind of not a great thing to have to go home and tell your parents, like, who who happened to be the king and queen, oh, I'm sorry, I've been doing this for a while, and now I brought something really dangerous back into our world, and can you help me please get rid of it? Yeah,
0: but again, I mean...
1: But there's parents. They still
0: kind of need him. Yeah. And, like... Yes, I mean, he should definitely be in trouble, and maybe he should be killed eventually for it, unless he can help save the day, but for, I mean, for the I don't treason. Think he's going to get killed for it. Well, I mean, no, isn't, like, treason usually punishable by death? Like, in everywhere? Yeah.
1: But. I mean, yeah. But he's also the prince. So, one of the princes, so. Yeah. But, um. I don't know, and I'm. Yeah, I don't know either. No, go ahead.
0: No, I just, like, I, like, even if, like, if someone's, like, there's, you know, I crashed the car, and I, well, like, You can still be really mad, but you still have to deal with the fact that the car crashed, right? Like, you still have to deal with the fact that there's this black magic thing, black rock, stone. I want it to have a name. I guess we should call it Vitari, but.
1: (laughs) The Vitari? It sounds like, I I don't know. (laughs) Isn't that
0: what magic, the word for magic is, or did I make that up? Yeah, yeah.
1: No, that's right, that's right. We can call it the Vitari. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I hope yeah, I hope he does ask for help instead of trying to like figure it out by himself cuz that's always seems to be like the flaw that people make in these books is like they don't ask for help and then they get way over their heads.
0: And I also I don't know, okay, so now the the first guy who he froze or whatever now has two black eyes and is completely consumed by this black magic, right?
1: Mhm. So
0: I wonder if he can go between worlds now and stuff. Like I wonder oh, if Oh,
1: that's a good question. If
0: like they're creating a problem. They don't even realize how big it's getting.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I'm curious to see if they if Lila and Kel make it back to Red London okay, because we left with them trying to travel together. Which, not sure how that's gonna work out because she's not intari. Mm-hmm. And but they're hoping the stones magic will get her through okay. So I'm curious to know if like they will succeed in bringing an, a person back through the different worlds and not just an object.
0: I'm also still so curious about this object from before. Like, if this black stone has from? been hanging around since Black London was sealed off, how has it not been corrupting people and doing stuff before? Especially if it was hanging out in yeah. White London. And it, I don't like, I'm kind of like, why now? Where did it, where did it really come mm-hmm. from all of a sudden?
1: Um, That's a really good question. So I hope we get more of that back. And how story. did that woman get it? Yeah. Who is that woman? So many questions we yeah. have to be answered. Yeah, we better get back to reading. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I'm trying to think. I, I just, I hope that, because one thing I do look for in a fantasy book is like specific rules when it comes to magic and having a set system in place. And so, and I think she's, the author has done that really well so far. And I hope, I just hope it kind of stays true to it Mm -hmm. because the one thing I hate is whenever um people develop a system of rules for magic and then to solve a problem they break the rules yep and that's just or they add something new that you're like yeah if if they
0: really could do that then they would have done that 30 pages ago you know
1: (laughs) yeah 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 so I hope she stays consistent with that me too
0: and I'm excited to see more of the non-gray London London's
1: Oh, like the Red Londons and the White, white London, Londons. And hopefully Black London. Oh, I'm scared of Black London.
0: And, and will Lila ever get a pirate ship? These are the questions I want to know. <laughs> uh,
1: I'm, yeah, I'm right with you there. <laughs> I'm so curious about
0: so many things. Especially because all the Londons are on islands still. They're not all called England, but weren't they all on islands?
1: Oh, yeah, that's true. And I like how you can't, you have to travel like through the londons like you can't go from yeah like red london to black london like you have to pass through them all in order that's a really nice touch which
0: i feel like makes sense like that in that, the analogy of the book pages and stuff made sense to me i like that yeah it's kind mm-hmm. of restricted a little bit
1: i agree okay um was there anything else you wanted to talk about um no <laughs> you just want to keep reading i just want
0: to keep reading <laughs> <laughs> i
1: agree i agree okay um
0: it's made me not miss the Grisha verse. I mean, like, I still miss it if I, I think about it, but it it definitely pulled me in. Sometimes I get, like it, it's hard for me if I've really loved a book to start a new
1: one, but this one's been good. Same here. I, it it definitely pulled me in. I think the characters are really good. Um, I like that. Uh, oh, uh, Ve Schwab said in an interview too. She based all of her characters off of the idea of people who are outsiders or who feel like they don't fit in so she likes the idea of misfits i like that so you definitely see that Mm -hmm. in this book do
0: you think there's gonna be because we have a main girl and a main guy about the same age is there gonna be romance down the road
1: well she's already kissed him so that's true yeah i'm thinking probably so okay i'm guessing but i don't know because i don't know if i like kel with lila I mean, we've only just met them. But.
0: I kind of, I kind of even forgot that they kissed, even though now that you say it, I'm like, oh yeah, that did happen, but it didn't feel like, you know, usually it's like there's some build up or some like yearning yeah. or whatever, like it didn't really feel like that. Although I, I love that she had like his shadow person do a strip tease or whatever. Like, I was like, you're pretty snarky. <laughs> like, that just felt like a funny little
1: like Lila thing to do. <laughs> I know that was so funny when she <laughs> like makes him start taking off his shirt and he's like, okay, that's enough now. <laughs> but uh, I don't know if I like them together because I think, I mean, I I appreciate that Lila has a sense of adventure and that she's, you know, doesn't want to settle down. She has kind of this wonderlust. But at the same time, like, I kind of don't like that she is a pickpocket and like, i don't know as a thief whenever she had the option of earning an honest living like that was my one qualm about her mm-hmm. you know like i didn't like when baron was offered her a job essentially and was like look if you can't afford the rent work for my, work for me like you can work at the tavern it's not like i can help you make a living and she just completely stormed out and was like this isn't a life i don't need your help and then she just went to back to stealing from people. Yeah, and I didn't like that. I wonder if
0: we're gonna get more of her backstory because we don't really know where she come came from and why she doesn't have a family and stuff. So maybe that would explain some of that. But maybe, but I still agree. Like she shouldn't be so afraid of working hard to get somewhere
1: to like earn an honest yeah. living instead of stealing from people. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I'm sure we will. I hope we do learn more about her her past too because she just kind of like shows up in this. Grey London, and it seemed like she's been there for a while. And now, I mean, she doesn't really have anyone to look out for anymore. Not that she ever needed it or wanted it, but since Baron's gone now, mm-hmm. um, I'm just going to be curious to see like what her next steps will be. Yeah.
0: I'm also... I kind of hope we see Rai's birthday party, and he's looking for <laughs> yeah. a, um, a relationship, right? Like, maybe... I don't know. Right. Maybe something... I don't know.
1: We'll see. I'm curious. I... Yeah. I, I think he's just such a fun character like he's and I think his party would be fun
0: I'm like I I, want to see this masquerade where you keep changing costumes throughout the night or whatever
1: and then at the end you're not wearing anything like that was his idea of a perfect party he thought it was brilliant
0: and he like doesn't really care about magic like even though he's a prince he like kind of has a nonchalant attitude about it all
1: but well, I think it's interesting that he's the prince and he doesn't have really any magical ability.
0: I think it's kind of cool that the magic isn't genetic either.
1: Yeah, because it says that like you can have really powerful parents. I'm assuming his parents are pretty powerful, and then well, I don't know actually, but and then you know you can have a child who has no magical ability and it doesn't. Yeah,
0: or like just because you're Antari doesn't mean that your kid like Antaris could happen to anyone or whatever. Like, yeah. It doesn't pass
1: through genetics
0: although both the twins are sound like equally strong so
1: and equally messed up yeah (laughs) i'm curious to know if like rye not having any magical power will affect his ability to rule though yeah because it doesn't sound like he's really worried about it yeah and it doesn't sound like his parents are although we haven't really seen them interacting all that much but like but
0: that could be because of his relationship with kel like maybe rye and kel together would be fine but if Kel isn't there as his brother or protector or, you know, right-hand
1: magician man. Oh, that's true. That's true. Maybe he wouldn't be as strong a leader if he didn't have Kel. Yeah. Oh, do you think maybe the king and queen brought Kel to the palace because their son did not have power? And they're, like, kind of tethering them together as a way to, like, bolster up their son?
0: I think that they brought him there because he's on tar- one of the last ontari and They needed someone, on you know, that's loyal to them to have that ability and go through the... Yeah. Doors. I think the rest of it was a bonus, but I don't know. I don't know how soon someone like exhibits their magical inclinations either. Like if it, They might not have even yeah. known that Rai didn't have very strong powers. Uh,
1: are, do you think you're... Are you born with that intari eye, though, I wonder? Probably. I mean, I'm
0: guessing he at least... Yeah, because it sounded like it was even weird that he had gotten to age five before he joined the castle. You know, like, it kind of sounded yeah. like if they were going to take him... I'll, like that someone may have hit him at first or something. Like, he kind of alluded to something. I don't know. Yeah. I think <laughs> he probably had the eye.
1: Yeah, I think he did too. And it kind of bothers me that the king and queen just like wanted an Atari so they just like took a child away from its parents and were like, okay, it's going to be ours now.
0: Yeah. I mean, although we don't know anything. So like that's the yeah. assumption but maybe like something else terrible, horrible happened and they like swore to his parents they would, uh, Protect you know, him. I, yeah. who knows. But. That's true. I mean, that's not really
1: what I'm oh, led to Why bring. wipe his memory? <laughs>
0: He was actually in a different reality before,
1: and maybe yeah. <laughs> he read the Bernstein Bears <laughs> growing up.
0: <laughs> maybe he's from Black London.
1: Ooh, that's a good theory. I don't think so, though.
0: No. <laughs> I don't really believe that. Maybe the-
1: <laughs> we're just we're just kind we're just of talking. putting out wild theories. <laughs> okay, well, let's keep reading then. Okay, sounds good. Oh, whose turn is it for a joke? I I think it's mine. Is it mine? Okay. Little, little. Okay, you can tell tell you can tell me a joke I, if you have a pirate joke. Okay, let's hear it. It's kind of long, so just deal with it. Okay, okay, okay. So there's
0: this pirate, and he's thirsty, so he walks into a bar and he sits down. And just so you know a little bit about this pirate, he's got a peg leg, he's got a hook for a hand, and he has an eye patch. So he's you know very very pirate. And there's this guy sitting down the bar from him, and he looks up and he notices him and all of his get up and he's a little bit nervous but he's really, really nosy. So he finally works up the nerve and he goes, Hey, uh, mister, I just I have to ask, what's the story with your leg? So the pirate <laughs> looks at the man and replies, Arg, we were fighting ship to ship. I was preparing to swing upon a rope um to the other <laughs> ship and a cannon was fired, and it took my leg clean off. And the other guy goes like, wow, that's, you know, really, really horrible. Um, but the pirate seemed pretty much ready to share, so he kind of keeps asking. He's I don't want to bother you too much, but, you know, what about your hand? What happened with your hand? Why do you have a hook? So the pirate stared at the man, and... uh Finally, he goes, argh, it was a sword fight. I was just about to win the duel with my cunning opponent, kicked me overboard, and a shark came up and bit off my hand. So now the man's shocked. He's like, holy cow, that is, you know, one of the worst things I've ever heard, but he's still so curious. So he goes, okay, I just have to ask you one last question, a cannonball, a shark, you know, what about your eye? Why are you wearing an eye patch? And the pirate goes, argh, I was standing on the bow looking out over the blue waves of the Atlantic, and I looked up into the sky and a seagull pooped in my eye. (laughs) And the guy said, wait, what? Like, that's it? A seagull pooped on you? That's how you lost your eye? And the pirate just looked at him and goes, it was my first day with the hook.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, can I just tell you that your pirate accent is spot on?
0: I may have practiced a little bit. Earlier. Did you practice? I also am very proud of myself because usually when I tell story jokes, like two thirds of the way through I start laughing uncontrollably. So I don't know how I kept that together.
1: He did a really good job.
0: I think that actually doing the voices kinda helped, so
1: Yeah. I, so I thought it was gonna be my turn to tell a joke, so I prepared a joke, and it it was also a pirate okay. joke. And I was gonna I was gonna tell you that before we started. Oh no, I'm not gonna tell you tonight. Okay, you're gonna today. I'm gonna save it tell you next week. <laughs> More yeah. pirate jokes, yay! <laughs>
0: yeah. All right. So much to look forward to. <laughs> well, I do I do love a good pirate joke almost as much as I love a good muffin joke.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think this will be as funny as that one. <laughs> the muffin joke. <laughs> oh no! You're laughing about the muffin joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: boy! Okay. Okay. Anything else? I'm set. Okay, let's go finish reading book one in the Shades of Magic. What was that again? What's the series?
1: In the sh- the Shades of Magic trilogy. <laughs> Shades of Magic
0: trilogy. <laughs> um, all right. Ah. Bye, bookworms.
1: Go get a library card.